I want to welcome you back to the Living Faith Podcast. On this week's episode, I want to discuss protests and violence. The death of George Floyd at the hands of police officers in Minneapolis on May 25th set off a storm of social unrest. We've seen countless protests in countless cities across the country, including right here in Phoenix. Protests against police brutality, protests by the Black Lives Matter movement, We've seen counter-protests in support of law enforcement, counter-protests in support of All Lives Matter. And today, nearly two months later, protests are still occurring, perhaps most noticeably now in Portland, Oregon. Now, I'll admit, protest has not been a big part of my life, but it has been a fundamental part of American society, especially for those who feel like they are not being represented by the government. Think of the Boston Tea Party in 1773. That was a form of protest. A protest against taxation without representation, although we should recognize that it came with the destruction of a great deal of property. Resistance through protest was so important to our founders that it made it into our Constitution, right? The First Amendment guarantees it to us. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. It's very interesting that freedom of religion and freedom of the press and freedom to protest are all in the same amendment. When we invoke the First Amendment, that's what we're invoking. And the reason for this First Amendment was to ensure that the government did not overstep its bounds, that it, that it didn't prohibit religious freedom, that it didn't set up a state church, that it did not prohibit free press or free speech, that it did not prohibit the freedom to protest. And all of these things were designed to keep the government from exercising too much power, unaccountable to the people and to God. Protesting has been a major part of the American experience and frequently has been a powerful mechanism for achieving change. Think of the March for Women's Suffrage beginning in 1913. Think of the March on Washington for Civil Rights in 1963. Think of the March for Life Against Abortion, which is an annual protest with the largest gathering in 2013. Certainly there are plenty of other large and influential protests that I could mention as well. Some of them for just causes, and others of them for not-so-just causes. When I think of a sustained movement of protests, I think of the Civil Rights Movement in the 1950s and 60s. And the Bible, as well as the African-American Church, uh, were central to the development of that protest movement. It is undeniable how many black Christians were involved in that movement and how many of the leaders were also pastors and ministry leaders. And as a movement, it was centered upon a nonviolent non-retaliatory resistance to the injustices which were occurring, especially in the South. What Martin Luther King Jr. And the, and the leaders of the civil rights movement understood when it comes to protests was that both the ends and the means must agree. In other words, if the end was justice, then the means must also be just. For Christians, if we are pursuing Christ-like values in society, then we must also take up a Christ-like means. Now, some of the ways in which this peaceful and non-retaliatory protest took place in the civil rights movement was assembling, 
public prayer and prayer marches, peaceful demonstrations. Now, I think it's appropriate that Christians be for protesting in general, as we should be for voting. Through these things, through our Constitution, we have a degree of power to work for change in our society. Protests have the potential to take on a prophetic role in society and be a catalyst for gospel change. So as Christians, I think it's healthy for us to consider participating in protests ourselves if the cause is good and right. But we also want to be sure that the end and the means of the protest is reflective of Christ's character. Because of this, I want to say something very non-controversial. We should be against rioting. Now, I don't know of any Christian tradition or church that would support that kind of thing. And why is that? Because clearly rioting is violent and destructive. It does not reflect the character of Christ. It does not treat others as image bearers of Christ. It does not express love of God and love of neighbor. It is impossible to reconcile Jesus' teaching with that kind of behavior, especially when we look at the Sermon on the Mount. Let's consider also what Jesus said when an angry mob of leaders and soldiers came to arrest him. Matthew 26, beginning in verse 49, says, And Judas came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do you do what you came to do? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? When Jesus' disciples thought about resorting to violence, Jesus modeled for them peace. During protests and riots in the last couple of months, there have been instances when police officers have been very badly injured or even killed as a result. And if we value the sanctity of human life, we need to be careful to care for these people for their families who have experienced a great tragedy because of this unrest. We should be wary of movements which pursue violence as a means, or worse, as an end in and of itself. Back at the end of May, when Atlanta's protests got extremely out of hand, the mayor called out this kind of behavior with a really important reminder to the protesters. She said, this is not a protest. This is not the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. At the same time, because we love people, I think it's important for us as Christians to understand what motivates some people to riot. It may be a sense of hopelessness or voicelessness or a deep frustration that bubbles over into violence. Now, without condoning that violence, we can show compassion. Martin Luther King Jr. was unabashedly against violence and riots. But at the same time, his answer to the problem of rioting was for society to look deeply at fixing the conditions which people choose to riot against. Now, the reasons we are against rioting as Christians, I believe, are the reasons we should also be against government crackdown and police brutality against protesters who are peaceful. Now, why is that? Because it's violent? And it's destructive. It does not reflect the character of Christ. It does not treat others as image bearers of Christ. It does not express love of God and love of neighbor. 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14 suggests that governments are God-ordained instruments to praise what is good 
and to punish what is evil. Now, there have been many protests which have turned violent and law enforcement have responded in kind. That's what they should do. But there have also been other instances when police and government forces have applied violence against those who are peaceful. If a government punishes those who are innocent, then it has not acted rightly. And so if we value the sanctity of human life, we need to be careful not to elevate the preservation of property or of law and order above the lives of the protesters. In all things, let us remember that all human beings are made in God's image. And so my heart for us as a body is that God will endue our hearts with compassion for all people. I want to urge us all to continue to pray for peace in our communities and that Christ would not just put an end to the conflict, but that he would transform it by his redemptive power, that his kingdom will come and that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As always, if you have any questions or comments after listening to an episode, I'd be happy to hear from you at peter at livingfaithanglican.org. Let me close us with this collect from the Book of Common Prayer. Increase, O God, the spirit of neighborliness among us, that in peril we may uphold one another, in suffering tend to one another, in homelessness, loneliness, or exile befriend one another. Grant us brave and enduring hearts that we may strengthen one another until the disciplines and testing of these days are ended and you again give peace in our time. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.